Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and in some cases even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome heathens, welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night, frighteningly imagined creatures, supernatural beings, and even some unsolved mysteries. But I promise all sorts of weirdness. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's dark enigma. And on today's dark enigma, well, we have a bit of a quickie today, but I promise it's a good one. I promise. So with that said, we will still be playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation, as always, my darlings, is yours. So choose your poison accordingly. All right, now for the game part. How about every time I say island, that will be a single shot. Islands in the stream. Okay, I don't know where that came from. All right, I'm kidding. And every time I say fin folk, that's going to be a double shot. All right. Now that we have the business end out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma. So don your very best kilt. I don't have a Scottish accent. I'm trying. I really am not very good with it. (laughs) Or your clan colors if you prefer. As we dive into today's offering of the mysteriously haunted Scottish island of the merfolk. That's right. We're talking mermaids. Mer people. Mermen. Merwomen. I don't know. Merfolk. Finfolk. There you go. Across the Celtic world, there are myths and legends about strange creatures that emerge from the sea. Some are benign, many are malevolent, and there are others who live a parallel existence with humankind, but whose paths rarely cross. Many of these entities live in hidden kingdoms and palaces under the seas. At times, they are associated with islands that humans cannot see, 
and the sunken cities that are said to exist beneath the waves off of our Celtic coasts. One such island is the magical vanishing island of Hildeland in the seas around Orkney, which is a group of islands situated off the north coast of Scotland. Nestled here among the rugged Orkney Islands off the northern coast of mainland Scotland and surrounded by gray, tumultuous seas is the tiny island of Inhalo, known to the ancient Norsemen as Einhelga or the Holy Island. The island itself is just a speck of a rock, really, sit between the much larger islands of mainland Orkney and Rose measuring just 0.29 square miles, that's right, just a quarter mile in area, and just 40 feet above the waves. Now uninhabited except by the flocks of seabirds for which it serves as a sanctuary now in modern times. Other than some decrepit ruins of a 12th century church and the skeletal remains of long-abandoned houses, the barren, windswept slash of rocky, seaweed-strewn land is rather unremarkable at first glance, and one could easily pass it right by without giving it much thought at all. But this tiny island has long been considered a magical, haunted place, steeped in lore, myth, and mysterious history. Even before humans ever lived here, Einhallow, was seen as a cursed place by the Norse, viewed as the hunting grounds of evil spirits called the Sea Trows, which would attack anyone foolish enough to try and step foot there, and which had the ability to shapeshift into the witness's worst fear and to be able to make the entire island vanish to keep it away from prying eyes. In later centuries, the island became known as the summer home of the Finn folk, which were aquatic beings similar to the common image of merfolk. The Finn folk were renowned for their shape-shifting abilities and feared for their propensity for abducting humans throughout the Orkney Islands to be used as slaves and spouses, taking the form of other sea animals, fishermen, or even floating clumps of seaweed or other debris just to lure their victims closer before lashing out to grab them and take them to their lair. Because, you know, if they have a lair, they got to be evil, right? I'm not sure about that one. Let me know. Anyways, these fin folk were only able to come ashore in the summertime, and they did so at Ein Hollow, their summer sanctuary, which was called the Hildeland, or Hidden Land, or holy land, and which they were able to make invisible from human eyes or to wreath in a mystical fog. Hildeland was the summer home of the Fenfolk, a group of dark, sinister creatures in Orkney folk folklore who were known to abduct unsuspecting humans. It was the summer months when the Fenfolk caused most threat to the inhabitants of Orkney. During the winter, they lived in their secret mighty city and palace of Finfolkahem, deep beneath the waves. Although dark and sinister creatures, this was not reflected in the home of the Finfolk, said to be a magnificent underwater palace with great halls of crystal decorated with colorful curtains that flow gently with the moving currents. Finfolkahem 
is surrounded by ornate gardens of multicolored seaweed, which the great gardens of Versailles could never even hope to match. Darkness never descends in Finfolkahem, due to the soft, phosphorescent glow of tiny sea creatures at night. The beauty of their winter home, however, could not hide the dark, sinister nature of the Finfolk. During the summer months, they roam at will, changing shape, creating storms, and using their great boating skills to navigate the islands of Orkney. Coming ashore whenever they wanted with one purpose in mind, which was to capture unsuspecting mortals and take them to their hidden island. Their captives had rare opportunities to escape and would have to stay with the finfolk for the rest of their lives, becoming the wife or husband of one of their kind. Marriage to a human is preferred by the finfolk, and a fin wife in particular is in particular is loath to marry a finman. I'm just going to say first off, why would anybody want to marry a human? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, I'm kidding. We're great in small doses. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so a fin wife would never want to marry a fin man, for sure. For it is said such a partnership would result in the gradual erosion of her beauty and a loss of her magical charms. Okay, seriously, if nobody else thought of lucky charms at that moment, I don't know you people. Because I'm hoping you're thinking, I'm looking for me magic charms. Okay, never mind. These creatures seem to have some elements taken from Celtic mythology of shape-shifting marine creatures, but mostly appear based on Norse legend. Perhaps not surprising, given the strong Viking influences in Orkney. The folklore of Orkney and Shetland reflects the mixed origins of the people of the Northern Isles. The Northern Isles of Shetland and Orkney were known to the Norse as Nordrejar. Yeah, I know I butchered that one, but you know what? If you saw what I saw, you'd be like, holy crap, she did a good job on that one. <laughs> Anyways, in the 9th century, the Isles were settled by Norwegians who it is thought blended with the existing Celtic inhabitants. These Norwegians created a Norse society which remained in the islands long after they were granted to the King of Scots in 1468 and 1469. So developed a mixed folklore with both Norse and Gaelic elements. In regard to such supernatural beings as the Finfolk, there is a clear very there's clearly a very strong inheritance from the Norse, of course. Although the northern Scandinavian folklore associated with the Finns points to their many magical skills, not least the ability to shapeshift and at will to turn into wolves or bears. I'm just going to say I want to be a Finn person because I want to I want to shapeshift. Can I be a wolf? Can I be a bear? I want to I want to hibernate for an entire season. I want to be a bear. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. The Finn folk of Orkney and Shetland appear to have been adapted to fit in with the island setting of the Northern Isles. It shouldn't be forgotten that these mythical creatures were thought to be real by many people in days gone by, and there are some who still hold to a belief in their existence. In the past, they gave an explanation for strange experiences or the mysterious disappearance of a young man or woman. As for magical underwater palaces, there are those who claim to have caught a glimpse of glowing, highly decorated buildings when diving beneath the waters off the Celtic coast. 
The stories of secret islands, either invisible to the human eye or surrounded by a mysterious fog, persist to this day. Many people in Orkney associate the real island of Inhalo, that small, pres presently uninhabited Orkney island, with the once hidden magical Hildeland. Stories such as that of the Finfolk are important parts of the culture of Orkney, just as other myths hold significance to the cultural tradition of each of the Celtic nations. It was said that to approach Einhalo was to court with certain disaster, as the Finfolk would either kidnap or kill trespassers, and the island was seen as a cursed, forbidden place to be avoided, patrolled by the Finfolk and protected by dark magic. That is, until the arrival of a local farmer called the Goodman of Thoradel. According to the tale, the farmer's wife was chosen as a Finfolk mate and taken away against her, her will to Einhalo, but her husband would not let her go that easily. The good man gathered up his sons and ventured out to the Forbidden Island, armed with both weapons and special charms, to ward off the sorcery in place to protect it. I guess he had some lucky charms after all. Upon reaching the shore, the group went about performing a ritual that broke the spell the Finfolk had over the island and cast them out. And fighting off the ferocious Finfolk, finally making Einhalo once again the rightful property of humans. It was after this that a few people would begin trickling to make their meager homes here, and the chapel was erected in the 12th century. Very little is actually known about the history of human habitation on this island, other than that the stories and lore continued, with all kinds of rumors whispered among the people of the Orkney Islands that this was still a place of magic and menace. One account of, the, of this oddness comes from 1529 in a manuscript named Descriptio Insularum Orcadarium. Yeah, I'm not great with the Latin either. Sorry. I can do pig Latin, though. In which it was written of the eccentric Einhollow, and I quote, It is of old times related that here, if the standing corn be cut down after the setting of the sun, unexpectedly there is a flowing of blood from the stalks of the grain. Also it is said that if a horse is fastened after sundown, it will easily get loose and wander anywhere during the night. End quote. The island remained an enigma its history and reclusive people poorly understood and wrapped in riddles, its true past and origins almost totally contained within oral traditions that have long ago faded into the mists of time. It's known that by 1851 there were only a scant 26 people inhabiting this forsaken place, and that a mysterious unknown disease, possibly typhoid, hid here to send them fleeing, taking their traditions and oral history with them. The roofs of the houses were removed and the land cleansed as much as possible of the scourge of the plague, but the people never did come back, leaving nothing but mysteries in their wake. The island became a seabird sanctuary, and now the land is silent except for the screeching of the birds, the barking of the seals, the roar of the wind, and the relentless crash of the rough waves that lashed the shores. Einhollow is an inscrutable fossil from another age, with no written history to speak of. We are left to wonder about this place, so permeated in dark legends and myth, and there are many things we have yet to understand. Even the church on the island is of enigmatic origins, 
thought to possibly have been an early Christian monastery, but largely wreathed in the unknown. Its true nature only truly known by people who are long gone. The crumbling, feral, overground ruins of the cottages similarly offer no clue as to who these people were or their way of life. And adding to it all is the presence of odd, imported red sandstone fragments scattered about the dwellings, the purpose of which we can only guess at. Indeed, much of the island remains not fully explored, with hints of buried prehistoric sites and ancient walls still buried here waiting to be discovered, yet still untouched. In present times, the island remains little studied and nearly inaccessible. No ferry goes to the island, and while it's not closed to visitors, the only way to really get there is to take a private boat through the notoriously treacherous tides and rough seas, or one of the once-yearly tours offered in July by the Orkney Heritage Society. Even in this modern age, this is an island that has remained wreathed in mystery and unsolved conundrums, and it lives on in the legends of the area. In many ways, whether the legends are true or not, this place remains the Hildeland, the secret lair of the Finfolk. And with that, my darlings, we have come to the end of today's episode. I thank you for joining me here today. I hope that you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think about today's topic. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show, you just want to tell me what you think, you're bored and you need somebody to talk to, or you have a story you would like for me to tell, drop me a line because I do reply to every single email. And on that note, that's all the time I have for you this evening. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And you guessed it, don't forget to tune in next time. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. 